Let's go in-depth on Iowa State with the Des Moines Register. It's time for Cyclone Insider, powered by G-MIG's 5th Street Pub on 1460 KXNO. Off and running here with Cyclone Insider on a Tuesday afternoon. we got about 50 minutes to bring you as much Cyclone information as we possibly can. And i got three guys in studio with me that can uh, help deliver. Tommy Birch and Randy Peterson from the Des Moines Register. Jared Stansberry from Cyclone Fanatic hanging out with us. And gentlemen, that uh, that noise you just heard is Coach Steve Prohm giving us some some time. Coach, thank you very much for giving us a few minutes here this afternoon. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Hope everybody's doing good. Well, yeah, you got a room full of guys here, so I I kind of want to just put it on a tee here for Randy and Tommy and let them uh, have their way with you if you're okay with that, Coach. That's all right, man. Randy uh, Randy does it all the time, man. So I'm ready. Randy, go ahead, man. Go, <laughs> yeah, go yeah. to the whip. Here we go, Randy. We've been putting it on a tee for the last couple of weeks, you and I, but we'll keep that. We'll keep that to ourselves. Um, um, hi, thanks for coming on with us, Steve. What Lindell got today? The the Nike, um, the Nike Academy, and the Chris Paul camp. That's that's a pretty that's a pretty big deal, I think. Um, you know, not everybody gets invited to those things. What can he learn from those things? Well, it's a great opportunity, and so it's uh, you know it's something I talked to his family about that. You know, those are some options if he ends up coming back to school that he has an option. You know, it has some possibilities, excuse me, to get into those camps. Uh, Chris Paul's camp is terrific because he's hands-on all week. There'll be NBA scouts in attendance. But he's hands-on with only about 10 to 15 of the other top point guards in the country to where, you know, he can really, you know, kind of fine-tune his craft for a couple days. But just the experience should be around all those other great players in in a camp setting, I think, huge. And then the Nike has changed their format over the last couple of years. Uh, you know, back when I was at Murray State, Isaiah Cannon, he went to Darren Williams camp first, and then he made LeBron James. That was kind of the culmination. Now Nike's just one, and they take the top 20 guys. And so uh, really excited about Lindell getting an opportunity to do that. Again, it's be coached by a lot of NBA former players out there. and You know, some skill development, some five-on-five, but just an opportunity to, to really grow as a player and a person and, and uh, and, uh, and to get Iowa State's name out there some more. What what does he have to, um, or what can he improve upon this season? I think first and foremost, uh, winning games. You know, we just had a, a meeting today. We're kind of doing a, we meet every Tuesday as a team and talk about different things. And, uh, you know, and, and he's one that I told him today, you know, I'm going to be on him, I'm going to challenge him, and you know, to be great. Uh, to seek excellence every day. But I think the biggest thing is winning games, you know, uh, putting ourselves in a position to to play meaningful games in March. I think that's when the great players, you know, have to play their best. And so, uh, but along with that, you know, he's, you know, continue to get in the gym, uh, you know, continue to be consistent from three, you know, continue to work on, you know, pick and roll coverage, continue to work on getting better defensively. And, and he's doing that this summer. And, I think our team, the first three weeks, we're in our third week of summer school right now. I think we're in a good place right now. Steve, it, it's kind of shaping up to be a busy summer for everybody on that roster. Can you kind of go down the line and kind of update us on, on where things kind of stand with everybody and how things are going so far? Yeah, it's, it's, it's been unique. I'm telling people all the time, it's, um, I really haven't had a full team all summer, really, of you know, 12, 13 scholarship guys since I've been here to where, you know, we're, we're doing team practices or uh, we're playing pickup a lot. Um, you know, this summer is no different to where, I, you know, we have 13 guys now in scholarship, which is great. But 
Obviously, everybody knows the situation with Cameron. Nick Babs on an internship in Topeka. He gets back July 16th. Um, you know, Cameron's doing well with his situation right now. Uh, you know, Talon just got back from the under-18 trying out for USA. Uh, George Conner just got back on campus playing in under-18, the FIBA championships uh, with Puerto Rico. Great experience for him. Uh, and then, you know, we've had some other guys like Solomon Young that had a he had a little bit of a setback from his from his injury, uh, you know, to where he's been out the first couple weeks just so we can get him back to 100%. So he'll be back on the floor this kind of later this week. Zion Griffin had surgery. Prentice Nixon had surgery. And so we've been all over the place this summer, but um, but the character of our guys has been great. Our work ethic's been really good. And, and I think our chemistry is really good. I mean, it's, that's how you win games. I mean, the talent's going to be there, you know, when you go team for team for most of the – you know, of our league, but, you know, we have to do the things this summer and this fall, uh, the intangibles to be able to separate ourselves. I think, I, I think fans are really intrigued by the newcomers. I think that's just how, uh, we are as a society. We want to, we want to know more about the guys. It's the we new, haven't sh- seen. new shiny toy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think fans have gotten to see kind of a, a, a brief look at some of those new shiny toys during the Cap City League. Those new guys, what have you seen from them so far? Well, I just love their personalities. I think they're the four of them. I think they're awesome fits uh, for what I know this school and this university and our programs about. Um, they're guys that I, you know, I say they're guys that can play, but they're also guys that can be great in the community. They're guys that can be on student athletic advisory committee. They're guys that, as important as this, there's guys that. that that they can host recruits because of their personality and their love for Iowa State and just their character. And so, uh, you know, I think that – and I love their work ethic. They've been in the gym a lot. And so, you know, Tyrese is uh, – you know, I love his personality. Taylor's obviously really talented. Um, you know, Zion, we just got to get him healthy this summer. And then George Conant has uh, had a terrific experience with Puerto Rico, played really, really well. He's a great rim protector up in Canada and really excited about what he can bring us. Uh, but the great thing is, is those guys already knew each other. You know, they had formed a bond throughout this year, three of them obviously being from Chicago, one from Oshkosh, uh, Wisconsin. But, you know, they come in and then everybody else already knows what's going on and knows what I expect. And so it's been a good blend. Coach, with Talon, I think the thing that, from these first two weekends that I've gotten an opportunity to watch him at the Capital City League, the thing that sticks out to me most is his ability to score at, at three different levels. You know, he's he's tough in the mid-range. He can shoot from deep, and he's uh, he's got a little bit of a, a pinch post game as well. How how will you guys be able to utilize that in his freshman season? Yeah, I wish all the games were as easy as those Cap City games. <laughs> True. Uh, it may be harder than Allen Fieldhouse, but... But, no, uh, you know, I saw that he's had a couple of good games. But, no, Talon is, uh, you know, his versatility is huge. Um, and guys like him kind of give us an opportunity to play four guards, put four of our best perimeter guys on the floor, uh, put them in spread ball screen. You can isolate them at times. You can post them at times, like you said. He does. He can. He can score in transition from three. You know, you can go penetrate and kick with him from three to space the floor. You know, he can drive guys. He can post smaller guys. I think the biggest thing for us is we'll be able to play in transition. We'll be able to move the ball better. I think he's got good basketball IQ. He's a good decision maker. 
got an old school savvy game to him that you know I think is going to really translate well because you know he can he can put the ball in the hole and so he's got a lot of you know like I talked to these guys today about it you know we we got a long way to go uh, we got to build a foundation you know we got to get fundamentally stronger and get better fundamentally in a lot of areas but he is a talented kid um, you know but we got a we still got a long way to go. Coach, you mentioned a, a little setback for Solomon Young. What was that? How's he doing? And then how's Cameron Lard doing? I think that's kind of been something a lot of fans have been wondering about, too. Yeah, Solomon's doing good. He just you know, he had to obviously set out the last couple uh, weeks of the season, you know, with the meniscus and, you know, went home and, and probably just got after a little bit too much at home. And so, you know, precautionary-wise, we're just, you know, he's just got back into kind of a rehab uh, just to get his knee. That's why he's not playing in Cap City right now. and Just kind of trying to get him back to full strength. But he's in good shape. He's doing well. Uh, he should actually work out with us towards the end of the week, and, and then we'll start kind of gradually getting him back. But, you know, all in all, he, he he's good. He, he's in good health and doing well. It's more precautionary. Uh, you know, Cameron, uh, you know, we're in communication with all the time. I won't talk too much about him outside of that. He's doing well. I think he's in a good place. And, uh, and like I said, with all my guys, you know, I want him good at, I want him to be great at 25. I want to be great at 35. You know, this is a, you know, three, four year, five year window here. And, you know, they're going to have great experiences and these are going to be great moments. But, you know, they're, they're the greatest moments of their life are going to come after, after here from a standpoint of when their fathers and their husbands, and, you know, that's what I want them prepared for you know, leading men and leading people, leading the family one day. And so hopefully, uh, you know, he'll be in a good place when he gets back. But we love him and we're praying for him and uh, he's doing he's doing good. He's in a good place right now. Coach, should fans temper their expectations for uh, the second year here for Cameron Lard? Uh, I mean, I expect him to do, to do really good things. Uh, I think it's all about habits. You know, I think that, you know, fundamentally, you know, when he gets back on campus can – you know, can he make the changes that, that I want him to make, you know, not just for our team to be better, but for him to be better on and off the basketball court. And if he can do that, I think he's got a chance to, to, to have a, to have a very, very good, good season. You know, he can, he's obviously athletic, check the rim, score around the basket, but you know, he was a freshman last year. We didn't, we didn't, we don't win a ton of games. Now we got to translate all that stuff into winning and, you know, we need him to be a part of that and, and we're excited about it. Um, but, you know, the biggest thing with our team is is that we're not we're not. I don't want any expectations from internally with our team. Our expectations is we better be great today, and that's it. And we better coach them hard today, and they better prepare hard. They better be good in the classroom today. They better be good in the community today, and we'll see where that puts us in March. I'll echo what Coach Prump said about Cam. I, um, I was talking to Zorantali the other day at, at or the other night at. At Cap City, and 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 I didn't have a tape recorder going or anything, and I don't think I don't think I'm sharing this out of confidence or anything. But, um, um, I asked I asked Rand, I said I said how's Cam doing, and he said Cam's doing great. He said we as a team will not let him ruin a guy who has maybe the most potential of anybody in the country. That's that was kind of cool, I thought. Um, you know that that I mean he's got a world of support there. <clears throat> we all know the fans will, like you said in your statement, Steve. You know the fans will give him a standing ovation the first time he steps onto the floor. Um, I think we'll wrap up right now. But I wonder, how's Nick? What do you what are you hearing about Nick? 
Nick's good. Nick's good. My uh, my coaches have been over there, you know, just because with my surgery, I haven't traveled much. Uh, you know, I just with my ankle surgery, I've just kind of tried to take it easy from a traveling and, and, and standpoint. So Coach Small's been over to Topeka to see him, Coach D-Rob, and, and James Kane's been over there. And, and uh, you know, just to get a chance to check in on him, have lunch, and um, and more just sit down and visit and, and make sure that Nick knows we're thinking about him and his internship's going well. I know he's excited to get back. He'll be here. I mean, he's almost, he'll be here probably the next three weeks. He gets here back in about mid-July. So he's doing well. We, we text probably every other night. I'll check in with him through text and text for a little bit. And so I texted him yesterday. But he's doing well. He's in a good situation. Um, and I think long-term this will really help him because obviously his, his event management degree that he's going to get and his father obviously has a, you know, with the restaurant business, this is uh, it's a really good experience for him. And, and then when he gets back, we'll get ready to get to work. You know, I've said it since I've got here really the last few years, I, I think Nick is a, a talented, talented basketball player. Can, uh, talented enough to average 36 minutes like he did last year, you think, or that have to drop down a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the great thing I think about this this team this year, I just, you know, as we get, as we get more experience and we get through the, you know, through November, December is just versatility and depth. I think that that's big keys for this team to where, you know, we'll have more competition in practice, and and that'll that'll lend to probably guys not have to get overextended during the games. Coach, thanks so much for giving us time here on a Tuesday afternoon. We appreciate it. All right, thanks, guys. Love you, Randy. <laughs> Tell Cam hi. I'm, right. I'm assuming Coach just forgot that Tommy and Jared and I were hanging out in the studio here. What What was that about? Loves Randy? <laughs> we'll get to the bottom we've, of that. We've, 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 we've uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah we're going to get to the bottom of that off the <laughs> no, air. That's what we're going to do. We're going to find out exactly what Randy Peterson knows about Coach Prome, what he's hiding from us, and why Coach Prome doesn't love the rest of us. When we get back with Cyclone Insider, we're going to give you all the details that we scour out of randy peterson as we wrap up the five o'clock hour we'll be on till six twenty. cardinals baseball will take over at that time it'll be cyclone insider from now till then here on 1460 kxno everything you need to know about iowa state it's cyclone insider with the des moines register powered by g migs fifth street pub on 1460 kxno i'm not going to ruin this program by talking too much i promise tommy birch randy peterson and jared stansbury are in here to uh to carry that do the heavy lifting for me and carry all this water randy what'd you think of the the prom interview there anything interesting that jumped out at you in that 15 20 minutes i mean he he like he's always done he chooses these words carefully about about cam and he has to okay he's got to um, there's HIPAA stuff involved in there. There's Buckley involved in there. There's a lot of things. Yeah, help us out what, when you say those there's are laws where Buckley. Okay, it's pro- like HIPAA made to okay. protect um, um, college students, which is you know I, I don't necessarily agree with all that, but that's okay. Um, so he's got to be careful. Be careful yeah. what he says. Um, throughout the whole process of of Lindell, he had to be careful what he said. He couldn't come out. I don't think he, he would feel comfortable coming out. And I don't think Lindell's parents would feel comfortable, especially his father, coming out and saying, Lindell can do can be so much better if he comes back next year. He never once did that. Mm-hmm. He said it will be supportive of Lindell throughout the whole thing. I don't think he wanted – you know, you didn't want to ruffle the, the, the Lindell family. Yeah. Um, and, the, and, the, and I guess that's fine. Um, and this deal right now, uh, I'll summarize the um, – What's going on now? Um, 
we can't talk to, to the fresh to the newcomers yet. Those are the people that those are the kids that <coughs> excuse me. Those are the kids that people want to know about. They're the kids that that we want to write about. And right now they're off limits. I don't I don't suspect they'll be off limits to reporters for the whole for the whole summer. I'm assuming sometime middle of July. I'm just assuming now that that we can talk to them um, at Cap City. That's that's a great relaxing environment. You yeah. can just sit in the stands and talk to them because there's only, you know, what Jared, you were there both nights just like I was. How many people, what percentage did it drop off, the fans drop off from week one to week two? Uh, I, I don't know that the drop off was that drastic, but they opened up both sides of the bleachers. Yeah. So that made it seem like Maybe there was did, fewer yeah. people there just because they were yeah. spread out across the more fan, of the gym. My point, I guess a point here I have, the fans are sitting and talking with those guys, you know, and to their credit, they're they're conversing with the with the fans and autographing, interacting with the fans just like George Matt and Naz did, which was cool. Um, so that's that's our deal right now, um, you know, just yeah. to, to capsulize it. And I'm guessing, like I said, by the middle of July, we'll be on first-name basis. Let's hope so. I think all the listeners and all, all your readers, Tommy, that's what they want. What jumped out in that interview uh, to you? I thought he really tried to temper expectations when it came to those newcomers, specifically Taylor Horn Tucker. I think he realizes that there are a lot of high hopes, and that's what everybody wants to talk about. But it's not going to be just those guys. And I think he wants to make sure kind of the way of the world is not put on those guys. Now, it's not going to be once the season starts. I mean, this season is going to be an entirely different story as opposed to last year where Lindell Wigginton at points had to carry that team, and that's a yeah. big thing for a guy as young as he is. So <clears throat> I almost think last year was kind of a eye-opening experience for Prome to see, okay, now I've got guys like Horton Tucker and Conn and some pretty big freshmen they're coming in. I'm going to expect a lot of them, and maybe I almost get the feeling kind of trying to pull back the reins a little bit on that. You pick up on that too, Jared? Yeah. I mean, I guess to on some level, yeah. And that's understandable. I mean, Lindell had such high expectations as well, you know, that it's like these guys aren't the savior of the program or something like that. Or maybe not make it out to be that what you know, be that going into the year. The thing that I'd – I just want to know more about how these guys are all going to fit into this thing from a basketball level. And that's just, I mean, that's just me being a basketball person. That's how I think, you know, like I, I you're trying to figure out how the puzzles are going right. to, how, how five, Who which, starts? And, Who's your yeah, which five, five pieces. We've talked about this however many times. I know, I know, I know. But that, that's what I want to know is just, I want to know how coach right now is looking at it. And it's like, how do these puzzle pieces fit together? How do you use a guy who like Taylor Horton Tucker that I mentioned? He's, unique because he's got a, di- a lot of different ways that he can score the basketball he can pass he can play he, in the post he, he can, can play, play in the perimeter. post he you know he can shoot the ball from three george condit's a guy who runs the floor really really well but at the same time he sees the court really well too and tyrese halburn can shoot the ball and then he passes really well and he's not a guy that i think he's, he's will clyburn to me I mean, Will uh, Clyburn Light. Yeah. You didn't, did, yeah. No, but. Uh, <laughs> you don't like, okay. you don't I like don't, that? I, I said know, Will Clyburn Light. I, I, I mean, I could see it, I guess. I said Will Clyburn Light. He, he's a, a pure point guard to me. He's a guy really? that is a, yeah, is a point guard that is out distributing. And if he's open, you, he'll shoot the ball from three. Yeah. And he's a good three-point shooter. But he's not a guy that's going to go out there hunting for 20 points every night. He's going to go and be that, the dude that him and Lindell can play with each other, or whether it's him and Taylor and whoever. Where Lindell's going to be that primary scorer in the situation, and Tyrese is the one that's creating yeah. shots for other people. And that's the thing. When he was coming out of high school, I watched his tape, and I'm like, man, 
this dude is so good at finding people in in positions where they're in a position to score. Well, and that's probably the best thing when you look up, up and down this roster for next season when you talk about just not just depth but versatility and all yeah. the different things that people can do. Now you can afford to have different people having off nights. Where last year you look, when Nick Weiler Babb was playing early on, if he wasn't playing well, holy smokes, they're in a lot of trouble. Then you really need to get a lot more out of Lindell Wigington and kind of vice versa where now you've got guys who, man, every night could possibly be the guy. I mean, probably one of the most forgotten guys when we're talking about newcomers, guys coming back is Shayok and just all the different things that he can do, just the – the the level of scoring that he can produce that we just haven't really uh, anybody has really scratched the surface of quite yet. Randy, well, we've had uh, go ahead, go ahead, Jared. I'll uh, interrupt you because I'm going to change a little bit here. Go ahead. I was just going to say, well, I mean, let's just think about this for one second. The, all the different kind of lineup combinations that they can throw out there. If you want to go out and have a a lineup that's uh, Nick Weiler, Bab, who's six three as your point guard, then all of a sudden you put Shayok out there. He's six four, six five. You could throw Zoran defense. He's a good defender. Yeah, yeah. You can throw out Zoran Tally, who's six seven, six six, six seven, and you can go six eight, six nine with Michael Jacobson, six nine with Cameron Lard, six seven with Solomon Young, and all these guys can do so many different things. That lineup would have just, absolutely no you, shooting at all. You just but, put seven dudes on the court and didn't have Lindell Wigington out there. And that's what that's, I'm saying. And then you've got, and then you have Taylor Horton Tucker who can do a bunch of different stuff. Yep. Lindell is one of is going to be one of the best scorers you, in the conference. You just mentioned the guy for the first time in both of your little rants there. I, we, you mentioned Cameron Lard for the first time. Randy, how much does his addition or subtraction to that lineup affect that 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 five on the court? A bunch, I think. I mean, he was he was. A force underneath the basket when he's had when he had his head right last year when he was focused on what was going on on the floor instead of overthinking a mistake or when something's not going wasn't going well he was very very good I thought so too um he's you know that was his first year of basketball for a long long time by the time he's a junior I would say that he's you know we're talking about him and if not after next year we're talking about him in the NBA. I mean but I think we're probably talking about him at the end of next year yeah. if he goes out Maybe. and yeah. has the if type he hits of season that he has and yeah. that's why I think when it comes to this type of situation and everything he's going through I think what Steve Prohm is trying to say is hey this is this got to be an eye-opening experience for you. This got to be the time that we look at a year from now and say Hey, that changed uh, Cameron Lard's life. That changed the outcome of his career and traject- trajectory. He wasn't just BSing when he said looking out for him when he's 25 years old or 35 years old. Absolutely. And he wasn't I think, just BSing on that. Yeah, and I think if you're an Iowa State fan, I think you kind of take a little solace in knowing, okay, yeah. hey, Steve Prome has had a tendency to kind of get through to some of those guys that maybe – veered off path a little bit and 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 showed that uh, um, maybe you can get him right back on path a little bit. But this is going to be his biggest challenge, not just because you look at everything that Cameron Lard's gone through before he got to Iowa State, but once he got to Iowa State and then just how much Iowa State is going to inevitably, I don't want to say lean on him, but going to need a lot out of him come this season. Seeing it. To me, when it comes down to it from the basketball standpoint, of all of these guys that we've talked about and listing off and all this kind of stuff, he is the only guy that does something that nobody else on the team can do at a high level, and that is score with his back to the basket in the paint. 
proven, yeah. When he can do when he is playing at the level that we saw him sometimes last year with his when they're throwing him the ball in the post and he's just going to work. I mean, he's he shows flashes of being as good as anybody in the country at doing that. And when you have a guy like that, plus you have guys like Shayok and Wigginton and whoever shooting the ball on the outside, you can score in so many different ways yeah. that it's a pick your poison type situation. I love the way Coach Prohm handled that, those questions about Cam Lard. I would have really liked to have picked his brain more. I know this is totally nerdy, but that relationship with Nick Wilder-Babb while he's in camp, like how much contact do they have with him? Are they actually making sure that he's doing all of his workouts? It's interesting that almost Working every coach has made a, <laughs> made a trek down there. Football Conversations will wrap up Cyclone Insider. Everything you need to know about Iowa State, it's Cyclone yeah. Insider with the Des Moines Register, powered by G-Mig's Fifth Street Pub on 1460 KXNO. Welcome back to the final segment here of Cyclone Insider. We'll read you, lead you right up to Cardinals baseball. That'll take the air here at 620 on KXNO. Randy Peterson's the guy that reads you to different places, or you read Randy Peterson in one place, and he takes you all these wonderful places. That's what happens with the written word, right, Randy? It is. You get to explore your mind. You go see the world and in Make one people page. Think. That was a really great recovery right there. Oh, Thanks, Jerry. You know I did that, dude. I'm That's so East Sider talking to East Sider. <laughs> I knew what he meant. Real, I real, knew what he meant. Like we said, real recognized real and BS knows BS, yeah, right, Randy? I knew we exactly it, what dude. he meant. Hey, what, uh, is, is, any recruiting news? I, I'm not sure where to start here with football I right think, now. Yeah, guys. I think they're, they, it looks like they're doing a good job for the 2019 class. They've got... 14, 13, 14, 15 um, commitments. And I don't know, Jared would know this better than I, but I don't know how many, they might not have many more left, to be honest with you. But they're loading up a wide receiver, it looks like. Um, they've got a quarterback. They've got a couple defensive ends, maybe th- two or three offensive linemen. So um, it's interesting to me that they're, that they're stockpiling wide receivers well, um, for next year. Does this mean that Hakeem is, Ooh. see ya? <laughs> Well, I mean, I think I think you got to be ready for that to possibly happen. I mean, oh, yeah. you look at everything that Keen Butler can do from sheer size, uh, speed, uh, athletic ability. Is it's going to be a legitimate conversation starter? But to me, when you look at just the wide receivers that they picked up and that they had been picking up, there's a distinct uh, style of wide receiver that Matt Campbell really likes, and it's, it's I mean, it's probably a type of wide receiver that everybody likes kind of those big bulky tall wide receivers but you mean he those... likes he likes big guys that are fast that can catch the ball yeah i mean those big tall wide receivers that can offer uh really good matchups are are what he's kind of been going after and they're going to need somebody because let's, let's face it if butler has the kind of year that he had last year which he should exceed that because alan lazard's gone hmm. he'll be gone He'll be going pro. Jared, you 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 reading in this the same way? It would seem to me. I mean, Matt Campbell has done a really good job of bringing in some great wide receivers. Oh yeah, I mean, I I think they're really, you know, you, they've got I think four receivers in the class right now, and that's pretty much been their mo since the pro, like since they got here. And that's that's the thing that that I like that they do is they're just they're gonna go get some of these guys, and it's like if you're really freaking fast, we might not know really where you're gonna play. You you could be a running back of some sort. You could be a wide receiver you could play both and they're just gonna get you here and see that you're a freak athlete and be like all right we'll figure it out later today and to me kind of the other thing when we're talking about recruiting too is you know iowa state picked up another quarterback recruit has there for the 2020 yeah for the 2020 class has there been a position 
that was maybe uh, in more desperate need of help right. that Iowa State not only just restocked up on, but just reloaded more than that position. I mean, running back, they did really well when you think about David Montgomery, Kane Nwangu, and Johnny Lang. But the amount of depth that they have at quarterback now and just where that position was when Matt Campbell walked in, it was it, it was pretty slim picket. You want to know what's even crazier about it? The one guy that they've went and got that isn't a scholarship yeah. guy is the one who's going to be their starting quarterback on week one. That I mean, that's like one. to be able for them. Here we go again. I mean, they're, <laughs> oh man, we're going to get into this whole deal. No, we're not. No, I heard Tommy going. talking on the show about this, uh, or on the Cyclone Fanatic podcast talking about this the other day. But Gee, uh, let me guess what he was saying. Oh yeah, you yeah, are. Chris, know. we're agreeing. On the you don't want to hear it, Randy. It's horrible. <laughs> I know. Oh. I can imagine he, Chris, was agreeing on this. No, same everybody thing. go subscribe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but no, I mean, I think uh, I just think what this staff has done such a good job of is they. In the Big 12, you need speed. And they were very de- – I mean, they didn't have any. I mean, they had – you know, okay, they didn't have any. They had some. But that was what they were seriously lacking. When speed you and look, size. Yeah, speed and size when you looked at these teams that they were going up against. And now they've leveled that playing field a little bit. Are they ever going to have the same level of speed as Oklahoma? No. And that's just the reality of the situation, to use one of Matt Campbell's favorite <laughs> phrases. To me, but, it's it's the depth. I mean, yeah, yeah they, they definitely have speed and size, but now – Kind of, I think the big problem when it came to the previous regime was you look at Iowa State, one, their ones would match up with so many people's ones really well. But the problem is when they had to dip into the number two guy or the number three guy yeah. on a lot of teams, it's that huge, would be a huge step down. A lot of people's yeah. number four, number five, where now you look, David Montgomery gets hurt, bam. You got Kenny Nwongwu, yeah. Or Johnny, Johnny Lang. Or Johnny Lang, or whoever. I mean, look at even, like you had said, the quarterback situation. Kyle Kempt was a forgotten guy, almost a guy that if the Jacob Parks situation had never happened, would never have seen the 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 field in significant playing time. But now they have substantial depth where they can overcome injuries and anything else. Well, I mean, think about this. The, this year they can be in offensive sets where on one side in the slot you have Kane Nwongwu. On the other side you've got Deshante Jones. Then you've got Matt Eaton and Hakeem Butler on the outside with David Montgomery at at your running back position. You want to see a running back or a linebacker cover Kanade Wongu? Hmm. Good luck with that one. Deshante like, Jones, good luck with that one. And, you'll see, I mean, it, you'll see talk, it in week two. And we're talking about yeah. you know. All oh the, yeah, I know. Yeah, all the versatility that when it comes to the basketball team. I mean, Jared kind of hit on it there when all the different things that guys like Johnny Ling and David Montgomery and even Kane Nwangu can do. Those aren't just guys that can run the ball. They're guys that can block, that can catch, that and even in the instance of David Montgomery, as Randy knows, can throw it too. All right, and so could Kyle Kemp. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Randy, I want to ask you this question because last year about this time, Chris was talking about how important the quarterback position was, that, that there there was so little depth at quarterback last year. Obviously, nobody saw Kyle Kemp being able to have the talent and, and, and results that he turned in in Oklahoma. Who's the most irreplaceable guy on the 2018 Cyclone football team? Kyle Kemp. Kyle Kemp is still, even I'm with that? I'm still going. I wrote that okay. two weeks ago. I'm sticking really? with it. Really? If okay. he goes down, what do you do? If go he, to the, Zeb Nolan. 
You want okay, okay, Birch. You want Zepp Dolan starting in the fir- among the first five games. Hey, you want him starting in, he's at one and zero as a starter in his college career against the Baylor Bears. Thank you. <laughs> Do you want him starting against Iowa at Iowa? Do you want him starting at home against Oklahoma? Do you want him starting at can I, TCU? Can I answer? I didn't this? want. To, I, I wouldn't want have wanted him to start at Oklahoma. Yeah. But I know that's why everybody was wrong on him. He came yeah. in and was a star. Yeah. No. No. I I totally agree with what you're saying. I think it, in an ideal and world, and I, I oftentimes talk just to disagree with yeah. you. But this one I'm not. <laughs> I, this one I'm not. I think. I, the way the best, I think, in an ideal situation, how it plays out for Iowa State is that you have Kyle Kemp there early on to kind of ease the transition for Zeb Nolan, kind of help him along. And then at some nope. point during the nope. season, I think Zeb Nolan's going to be the guy. Jared Stansbury just <laughs> jumping right in there. What's your scenario then? I, I mean, best case scenario, Kyle Kemp plays all 12 games. Yeah. Is, do you think you agree with Randy? Is Kyle Kemp the most irreplaceable guy or the one guy that you don't want to see get hurt on this team? Ray Lima is, to me. That Ray Lima is a really good that's one? That's the anchor yeah. of that defense. And that's the reason. that without We him, could have a great bar. That could be great bar talk. Oh, yeah. I, Bryce, I, you and me sometimes. Without yeah. him? I understand you've got some depth there, but David Montgomery doesn't come to either one of your minds? No, they've got depth there. Man, their running, you don't their have running game really wasn't even that good last year, you know? If you're starting, if you're starting a guy that started one game last year in any of those first, in three of those first five games, that could be trouble. Could be. Tommy, who's the most uh, irreplaceable guy in this starting twenty-two? <clears throat> Ray Lima is actually I like the an Lima. intriguing. That's a good, good, good one. Uh, the reason why I'm kind of intrigued by Ray Lima is just because you look at okay, the the drop off is going to be significant. But I say David Montgomery just because he can do so many different things that. I don't know if anybody shamed, else shamed can him into really, that. See what I did, guys? I, I shamed yeah. him into that. I don't know if there is anybody else that can do what David Montgomery does. I mean, you I mean look you've at, got some depth there. You, He's you a special back. The, there is tremendous depth when it comes to running back, and you're talking uh, Kene Nuangu, Johnny Lang, even Mike Warren. But let's just let's be honest. There are a lot of question marks right now with the offensive line. I think the offensive line will be okay, but if it's not, if it ends up being a big troublesome. Uh, unit for Iowa State. Are Johnny Lang and Kane Nwangu going to be able to get the yards and fight for the yards that David Montgomery was Make able to the get? Missed tackles in the backfield, all I, the stuff that David and, Montgomery And just does. the fact that David Montgomery can turn nothing into something all the time is not just a great thing for your offense in terms of just constantly moving the ball and, I guess, uh, moving the chains. But also, how many times did Iowa State just get a giant lift every time it looked like he was about to be, you know, brought down at the line of scrimmage, gets back up and runs for nine yards. Those would usually be the moments in games where you would see kind of the the momentum shift for Iowa State's favor. Can we step back from this conversation just for one second? Yeah. The fact that we even have three different guys that you can make a case for. Or and I think that there's even a handful more. Julian Good Jones, yeah. Hakeem Butler. He was number three on my list. Yeah, Hakeem he Butler. Could every, he could play one. all five positions. Brian Peavy. The Peavy I mean, was in my in my list. You, there, yeah. uh, Marcel Spears and Willie Harvey. I mean, there's seven or eight guys that we can sit here and it's like, oh, if they don't have him, like they're in trouble. But at the same time, those linebackers, especially, we've seen some of these young kids that are coming up. We've seen a guy who's like re, like Regan Northrup who was their second-leading tackler two years ago and barely played last season. Yeah, I probably wouldn't put the line. I don't think I'd put the wide receivers up there either because you've got some depth there. Well, yeah, You're right. Yeah. Butler's a, a special dude, but that's why I would say running back. That's why I put 
put Montgomery once, up there because it's just a step down. Yeah, once again, it's kind of like what we said with the basketball team where now kind of what Jared was saying too, it's no longer at a point where you're like, oh my God, just that one guy goes down. They're just totally screwed. You know, it, I mean, for so many years, we were talking about for Iowa State, if something happens to this quarterback, that quarterback, uh, think about Lane the Paul Rhodes era. You know, when we were talking about if if Mike Warren gets hurt, oh my gosh, then Tommy, there is literally nothing Tommy, for the, that offense. Tommy, the reaction that would have been in this room amongst you three and Chris Williams when Jake Campos got hurt. Exactly. Or Tom right? Farniak. Think the, about when Farniak's Tom Farniak went down. It was it was despair. I'm, yeah. I mean, the, the look in your guys' eyes was like, holy crap, this is going to be a really bad season. We lost an offensive lineman. One dude. And that should that should never be the case. That, and but that and like was the saying, reality for Iowa State at that That's point. a really good point, Jared. Like on a broader scale, th- th- that isn't the conversation we're having anymore. Well, there's, you're not you're not de- right. you're not your success isn't determined by One how many person. games your center has started. Yeah. Well, and there's and the thing that I love about what this roster has bringing into this season is that there's just so much flexibility to be super creative because you've got you've got those guys who can do a bunch of different things. Deshante Jones, Ken A. Uh, Hakeem, Matt Eaton, whoever, you know, go on down the line. David, obviously, uh, Mike Warren, Sheldon Crony. But then you also throw in a guy who you've got a six foot seven, 230-pound toy, too, that we've never seen catch more than one pass, and that's Chase Allen. Oh, and then your backup tight end's like 6'8", 265. Yeah, I, I bought into the Chase Allen, you know, tight end game last year. I remember reading stuff about how, you know, Chase was going to be a, See, a different kind of tight end. It's, it's, it's game was. plan. It's game he was the second-team all-conference guy. I, he's the he's the highest returning. He's the only freshman that made an all-conference team last year. Hakeem yeah. Butler he, also played his spot. The receiver exactly. Spot that he and would play. He, I was just going to say he did it by playing behind Hakeem Butler. Essentially, he is the high because the old OU junior went pro. Um, um, Chase Allen is the highest returning tight end in the Big Twelve, according to the you know from the from the all-conference team. Don't undersell Chase Allen. Yeah, I'm the six, uh, seven, okay. two, You've made the, Randy mad. That's all right. The six, right. Seven, yeah, I'll, I'll defend, I'll defend myself on this one. The six, I'm seven, a Hawkeye fan who's used to seeing, and, uh, who's used seeing NFL tight ends be, get multiple the six, targets seven, a game. 250 pounds now. Listen, I redhead. love he could, be, I he could be 6'9", 3'10". If you're not throwing him the ball and he's not catching the ball multiple times, it doesn't change the game. That's what I was told with Chase Allen last year was like, whoa, watch out. We're going to have a tight end that's a huge part of the offense. And that just wasn't the case. Yeah, so I why, think, do you, why do you throw to the tight end when you've got the best receiver exactly. in school yeah. history? Not, and then Hakeem Butler could be the second again, best. These are other, gone, that's these are other parts of – you're moving the field goal on me now. This is a contentious okay? episode of Cycle Insider. That's going to open are, up That's going to open up stuff. For Chase Allen, Pete, you're right, and but again, those, you're those moving. Three you're moving the goalposts. Rec- uh, 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 caught 64 percent of the passes. You're moving the goalposts on me. They caught 64 percent of the passes. My Who's claim, make that up? My claim was, and again, you can't just keep throwing questions out here when I addressed the very first one. The thing that I brought up was you. I'm pointing at you, Randy. You raised the expectations for Chase Allen last Bingo. year about this time. You made me think that he was going to be a huge part of that offense, even a, even a big part of the offense, and that just wasn't the case. He was huge enough to be in all-conference. Who invited this freaking hawk in here? How many, <laughs> how, how many catches did he have last year? One. You have to have a... Okay, so that, that's your so, definition of a tight end. No, my definition of being a part of the offense is that you're not just out on the field. If you're a tight end, and again, think, maybe Ross seeing will... things through my Hawkeye glasses, I expect more than one catch. Yeah, I think, and I think... <laughs> Actually, there were a lot of Iowa State people that kind of felt that way too, where they were like, "Okay, they want more. They want more catches from the tight ends." But realistically, 
you could and and not just Chase Allen, but realistically, you could have just put in Akeem Butler and said he he was playing tight end. But yeah, there were. Uh, I did, my point is, Tommy, I, I didn't I, see an article last week year that was like, watch how Hakeem Butler changes the tight end position oh, at Iowa State. Yeah, I, totally I, agree. I read articles yeah. that said Chase Allen is going to cheat. He caught one ball. Yeah, I'm going to get on a soapbox and say, I win this one. Yeah, I think <laughs> I, going I, totally, at Randy. That's what this is. I totally understand where you're coming from. I do think this year Chase Allen does catch a significant amount of passes. And because again, one he is back more, to my premise, I will wait and see. Yeah. I bit on that last year. I'll wait and see how he does. Do you Randy know how many? Alex Kolsch, the same first question every single year. How many, <laughs> how many passes are you guys going to catch? <laughs> It's been no, like Randy, five years Randy, in a row that he's Randy, asked the tight ends Randy question. Randy always handicaps the over under. Yeah. Did Alex and hold Alex, up more than one hand this well, year? Well, this this year Golish, this year Randy wasn't there when Golish showed up. Golish walks out and goes, "Where was Randy to ask me on the over under this year?" He was ready. For Hurry it. up, go to me. I'm going to forget what I'm going to say. Go ahead. You go know ahead, how buddy. many t- you know how many games it's been since Iowa State has had a tight end. I'm throwing this little morsel out there now for this thing that I'm this 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 book I'm writing on Chase Allen next week. Um, do you know how many games it's been since an Iowa State tight end has caught a touchdown pass? Since would, a guy listed as an Iowa State tight end. I bet I can figure it out. Colin I, Franklin? No. I bet it's been like 39 games. You already did the research. No, I'm just guessing. 39 games. EJ Bibbs against Texas Tech. So I got the last Good game. Good job out of you I knew totally it EJ Bibbs. Yeah. I don't know why I forgot about EJ Bibbs. That's ridiculous. That tells you what kind of tight ends Iowa State In the end of the end of the season Four years ago, four, yeah. four full seasons. EJ, EJ Bibbs was yeah. Yeah. as good of a as, as good of a target at the end of his career as Allen. You know, Alan and he didn't even play much at the end of the year because he 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 was a little bit dinged up. That was my first season covering Iowa State football. That's why you knew. No, I'm just saying I I knew it was EJ Bibbs and I knew what year he got done. So that's the last time it's a, like t- a tight end caught a touchdown. touchdown. A guy listed as a tight end. Now, like we all said, he got flagged for it, right? No, he, he may he may have gotten flagged for no, that. No, it last was a touch. Touchdown. It went down as a touchdown. Yeah, but I mean, I think he may have gotten flagged did for they take it away. Uh, no, I don't oh, think he that's got the taken, one where he did the, he did that the was Toledo. Salute. Yeah, that was, Toledo. I, yeah, yeah, that same year. Yeah, I think. Yeah, he did. He did the salute. Yeah, yeah. EJ that's why they Shout aren't thrown. To to, that's why they aren't thrown to the tight end. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. This is the thing, Randy. If you keep those expectations low, it, it's been one of my uh, my mantras, man. Keep those expectations low. That's what the, the the team has been doing. They've been keeping tight end expectations so low that now Chase Allen's just going to seem like the man out Under there. promise, over deliver. Exactly right. See if Randy Peterson does that with his Chase Allen article next week. I love doing this, man. I learned so much when I come in here to do Cyclone Insider. I'm glad you guys tolerate me. Thank you so much to listeners, to Randy, to Tommy, to Jared. Thanks for coming in today, man. I, I greatly appreciate no problem, you yeah. on yeah. on short notice always being able to be a part of the team, dude. We, we can't thank you enough. Cardinal baseball coming up next. Redbirds hosting the Indians here on 1460 KXNO.